Hi, I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faithlift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. The previous episode contained another game of Clue. It was Tobiah in the temple storerooms with his household items. (laughs) The Israelites were marrying the neighboring peoples and neglecting the house of God. But wait, there's more. This game is not over. (laughs) These people. So Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 15 through 31. NIV. In those days, I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in grain and loading it on donkeys, together with wine, grapes, figs, and all other kinds of loads. And they were bringing all this into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore, I warned them against selling food on that day. People from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise and selling them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath to the people of Judah. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this wicked thing you are doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your ancestors do the same things so that our God brought all this calamity on us and on this city? Now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. When evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not open until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers and all kinds of goods uh, spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them and said, Why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Moreover, in those days I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Excuse me. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I rebuked them and called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. That wouldn't be funny. Uh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> I made them take. I, I can't it's get so it out of my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I made them take an oath in God's name and said, "You are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons or for yourselves." <clears throat> Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel, but even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we hear now that you two are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? One of the sons of Joiada, son of Eliashab, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sambalat the Horonite, and I drove him away from me. Remember them, my God, because they defile the priestly office and the covenant of the priests and of the Levites. So I purified the priests and the Levites of everything foreign and assigned them duties each to his own task. I also made provision for contributions of wood at designated times and for the first fruits. Remember me with favor, O oh my God. Okay, so there's two, three main things that have happened in that passage. The first is the chunk of time where um, Nehemiah is focusing on the fact that they are profaning the Sabbath, 
where they're not keeping the Sabbath day holy. Mm -hmm. Our second chunk is where he addresses the fact that the foreign women uh, were brought in, um, also bringing in their foreign gods and their foreign language in this mm-hmm. instance. Um, and then the third is where the, the people were not providing, again, for the people that God had set apart. Yep. So should we tackle these things just real quick? This is the very end of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of wrapping things up and bringing it back home. So the first one was they were profaning the Sabbath. And I looked up the word profaning. Mm-hmm. Just want to read, just get an idea of what it was. The PL, to profane, make common, defile, pollute, to violate the honor of, to dishonor, to violate a covenant, to treat as common, and then Pu'al was to profane the name of God. And these also had, um, there's different versions in there, and it says, to wound fatally, to bore, pierce, mm. um, pierce, to be slain, to wound, to pierce which kind of keeps reminding me of Jesus, and to play the flute or pipe, which kind of explains... <laughs> crazy little thing. I know. <laughs> which dictionary did you get that out which of? Which is <laughs> Strong's Concordance. Yeah, yeah. Strong. yeah, and it was like, that explains my experience when my sister practiced her flute. It was like Pierce. It was like, <laughs> no, truth is she was really good. So that wasn't, that wasn't true, but it did surprise me at the end of Profane. I was like, to play the flute. <laughs> it just... Would not I have occurred to me. I thought the recorder was from the devil, but now we know it really is evil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even a part like, so really getting back into the serious piece of that, it, it, to take the Sabbath, the very holy day that God has set aside, mm-hmm. and to do that, to, pro, to pierce it, profane it, pollute it, um, not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. One of the reasons that's not good is because that's your compass. That is a helpful piece. God's word is your compass. The celebrations, the Sabbath. God set this up so you could remember, so you could remember your identity. You could remember who you are. And when you pollute that, you're kind of lost now. How do you get yourself out of this one? Because you have to remember your identity. You have to go back. And celebrating the Sabbath was different for the people of Israel. The rest of the world didn't celebrate. They still don't. Right. Right. And the Sabbath, not only setting it apart as a day of worship to God, a day of rest. And in our society today, uh, I think people kind of hang, hang a banner over them saying, I'm busy, which I'm means so busy. they're important. Yeah. <clears throat> people need rest. They need margin. And not only people need rest, but um, Exodus says, do your work for six days and on the seventh day rest because your donkey needs rest, your oxen need rest, your female slaves and your other uh, slaves, even the strangers, you all need rest. Mm-hmm. Refresh yourselves, come to me, lay aside your burdens for a day. I don't know if any, you might remember, Terry, because you're a little closer to me in age, but I'm sure Suzanne and Rosemary don't. When I was a kid, nothing was open on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no stores, nothing. Nope. And what that did was Sunday afternoon was, you know, we all went to church. We went to my grandmother's for lunch or maybe out to get lunch. Then we came home and we hung out. As a family, mm-hmm. sometimes we took a nap, sometimes we watched a show or we played out in the yard, but but it was real concentrated family time. Nobody yeah. was rushing off to go anywhere, not mm-hmm. my dad to work. And I look at those Sundays, that was kind of a, the glue 
um, in our family relationship, for sure, on Sunday, we were together. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss that today. You know, everything's open. People are busy doing stuff on Sundays, just like it's any other day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. Yeah. I am too. I, and I was thinking about this in terms of work. Jesus worked from a place of rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't work his head off so he could go on vacation and rest. Mm-hmm. He did it. He would take those times away, away. with God. Yeah. And he worked from that place of rest. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm feeling like I'm trying to catch up at work. Yeah. And so I'm so tempted to to just work all the way through the weekend. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing this study, I was like, I wonder if I would be more effective if I took Sunday off completely mm-hmm. yeah. and just connected to God mm-hmm. and connected to my family and spent that time. I wonder if I'd be way more efficient on the other six days because the way I'm working it right now, I'm working seven days a week. Yeah, either paperwork, financials, or yeah. something. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not helpful. Mm-mm, There's something. No. It's on my own power, mm-hmm. yeah, instead of His power, and that's where I think it's mixed up, out of order. And I think that <laughs> was another thing that sun that the Sabbath was supposed to say is you've got to depend on me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm the one right. who makes it happen for you not your own strength. And so if you dedicate that one day, if you say, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, you're making a statement. I, I am depending on you. And I struggled with that when I first started selling real estate because yeah. Sunday's like oh, open yeah. house day. It's a big day. Um, and, and I know that there were weeks where I would be so busy, I would work all the way through without a break. And by about day nine, I would just grind to a halt Mm-hmm. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't. I I just couldn't function. So the Lord worked with me a little bit about that. I mean, I still hold an open house on a Sunday without any problem. But I can get to church first, and then I don't work Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So I finish my Sabbath rest. You know, I make it up. Yeah. Um, but I think that you do. We we really weren't made to go twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year, mm-hmm. ad infinitum. We weren't made that way. Yeah. We do have seasons. Where we gonna are going to be busy and mm-hmm. life is not going to stop on Sunday mm-hmm. or yeah. on Saturday mm-hmm. or whatever day. Sometimes life just doesn't stop. Doesn't cooperate with us. Right. Yeah. And that, um, I mean, we should not feel condemned by that. Um, no. Colossians two sixteen and 17 says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus has mm-hmm. come to me, all who are weary and burdened, mm-hmm. He's our Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. He, our he Sabbath. says, "My load, you know, yoke with me, because my load is light." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's even when we are in the midst of crazy, because sometimes that happens, yeah. that we can still go to Him and we can have that and say, "God, you've got to come with me. I have to come with you, and let me just give you my burdens, and let me share the tired, and let me share the anxiety, and let me share the weight of it." And he's going to take that, mm-hmm. and he's going to take that, and he will give us that that mm-hmm. rest. And in that's him. that transition between the Old Testament and the law, mm-hmm. right? You know, and the law was given for a good reason to give us those boundaries and that roadmap. But we live under grace now, so the law is still out there as a guideline, but it's been fulfilled 
in Jesus. So Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Right. He, right. You know, he let his disciples pull grain and eat on the Sabbath. He, mm-hmm. he didn't see that as just a rigid law that that particular day had to be honored in a certain way. Um, so yeah, it, it goes from a law to a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're living life with Jesus, so it is a little bit different for us. And so I think for them, yeah, it was about connection to God. How were they connecting to God? And it's about connection for us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. How are we connecting to Jesus? Are we connected? Yeah, check that out. If you're fully, I'm going to go back to what I'm doing, not everybody else, but working seven days a week, I was not connecting right. the way I needed to. Yeah. So, and just like you were saying, it's like that rest does something different. Mm-hmm. It's important. Even sometimes, like I can remember one point I was volunteering in the church office. And so, you know, five days a week I was in the office from like nine to three, whenever my kids got out of school. And, um, but I had to get up early to get there. Um, and it changed my whole routine. So one day I was on the drive home and I was like, you know, Lord, this is so great. I just love being there. I love being in all that excitement and all the stuff that's going on and having my finger on the pulse of everything. And, um, and I got this feeling that, well, that was all fine and good, but uh, how about a little time for me? Mm-hmm. So Oopsie. in the midst of my thinking, I'm doing that for him, right? I mean, that's what he's called me to do. I had forgotten that little personal time mm-hmm. that is so very precious to all of us. Um, and I really had to, that, that sort of stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, how long has it been since I have really just sat with you um, because I've been so busy having so much fun working at church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a bad thing. It just wasn't the best thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and part of what was going on too with the Israelites is foreign influences were coming in. And, yeah. and again, when we say that this isn't racial, it's very much uh, foreign gods, mm-hmm. foreign ways of foreign culture that didn't honor God. Mm-hmm. And that was all coming into the temple. Yeah. Or into Jerusalem and affecting how the people were um, raising their children, mm-hmm. even. Yeah, mm-hmm. it mentions, um, you know, Nehemiah mentions that the children didn't even all speak the same language, yeah. which we think, oh, that's so awesome. There are these kids with all this different culture and it's beautiful and what a patchwork quilt this is bringing in. And we can learn these things from other people, but these were not good things. Good and this was a very verbal time, like we mentioned before, that the common person didn't read and didn't write. And so their traditions and their knowledge mm-hmm. and the word of God was passed from generation to generation mm-hmm. in spoken word. Mm-hmm. And so if you And in t- actions too, how in, they Right. So God. if you yeah. didn't understand the language there was no way for I mean that's where it ended. Yeah, no comment. How line. could you connect? Right. Yeah. Right. With and your so you identity, with your Jewish identity, with your Jewish faith. Right. Yeah. Because you you can't understand those words that are being taught. Therefore, that's where that ends in that line. That mm-hmm. Maybe that's another part of and all who could understand. Oh. Ooh, never thought of that. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. What do you mean? And all Remember the priests had to kind of go around explaining the women, yes. the men, the men, the women, and all, who could, and all who, could and who could understand. They did all have different. They had a lot of different, lot of different languages, languages going on there, mm-hmm. so that might have been part of it. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm. So we know that that's 
a huge part of, of why the foreign influences uh, were such a big deal. Um, well, and it, it applies to us today, not necessarily in marrying foreign women, but being with people, like-minded people, people of the same faith, other Christians. You know, if I, I really cherish my time with you guys and with my other Christian sisters, because that it, it, it changes who I am, you know, to be around you guys. It, it builds me up. It strengthens me in my faith. It encourages me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, none of you are going to ever encourage me to do anything that would be against God's law or that would be bad for me. Um, that may not be true out there in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have some friends who might encourage me to do some things that might not be the best thing for me. Um, and so it is important that we be with other people who believe like we believe even today. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do think it's, you know, God wants us um, out in that vineyard out there telling people about Jesus, not just spending time with other people who already know him. I think there has to be a balance of that. But I do think it's very important to be with other Christian women who can um, build you up and encourage mm-hmm. you. Definitely. We, when we, are influenced um, by outside forces and outside beliefs, our consequences are not necessarily as immediate and as strong as mm-hmm. being beaten or having your hair pulled out. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did kind of, I looked at that because I was like, ripped his hair out. And my commentary um, said that it was um, like plucking hair from a from beard. A beard. Oh. Yeah. So it's not like he was, you know, beating him down and then ripping clumps of hair out. I was like, that is brutal, Nehemiah. Yeah. And he was, I mean, obviously very angry by this and yeah. saddened. Um, but my commentary said that uh, when you plucked a hair from a beard, it was de- it was designed to show anger, express an insult, and to mark someone as worthy of scorn. Ooh. Because in the Jewish Jewish culture, men's beards are a big deal. We're a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so it'd be like a big scarlet letter on us, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys made me wear a t-shirt with a big something. Yeah. And can I just say in this culture right now, when I pluck my chin hairs, that is not what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you guys hate it? You think you've got everything covered? <laughs> you got everything covered and you look at the mirror and you go, what is this three what inch hair? Yeah. Out of I, yeah. I was looking in the mirror one morning and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is long enough I could braid it. Well, it turns out it was <laughs> my your hair, regular hair. Your hair. Just, well, lucky yeah. you because thought, Yeah, you got like, about 20 more years. years. Like sometimes you just feel something on your face and yeah. you're like, what is it? And then you look and yeah. It is a this, hair. And it, it's been blowing on your cheek, <laughs> making you itch. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, well, as one of your happens. one of your women of faith here, I will never let you have a hair that is long oh, enough that would That'll cause shame. How about thank that? You. And yeah. My girlfriend I and I tweezers in my purse. So. We have one too. We go if we ever find ourselves in a casket and the other one sees a hair chin, you can pluck it. You can pluck mm. that. That's the deal. That's a good yes. deal. I told Nikki a long time ago. Look, when I get older and I can't see that, yeah. please right. tell please. me. Yeah. Yeah. Not even when I get older now. 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 If no, you no, see, now. Yeah. you know, tell me. That, you know what? But that was super helpful with the beard because I was like, this is a little bit crazy. But I understand yeah. now. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah it Why was just doing it to mark that? Right. And it's almost like pay attention. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. 
this is someone who has made some bad choices, not to condemn them forever, but know what you're going towards, know what's going, what's happening. I like the um, African Bible commentary, the FYI at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And um, it's because Judah was part of the Persian Empire, the Jews had contact with many nations and multicultural marriages had become common. Such marriages may have even been undertaken for political or material gain. They were willing, in other words, they were willing to sacrifice their children's culture. They were willing to sacrifice um, their future, their descendants, so that they could have some material gain mm. on that. Um, and Nehemiah reminded the people that Solomon's foreign wives had dragged him into idolatry. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the consequence of the sin had been the splitting up of the Jewish nation. Women from the very nations mentioned in the book of Nehemiah, Ammon and Moab, were among Solomon's wives. Mm-hmm. So this had happened before. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing about all of this, is all of this has happened before. Right. And all of this, Nehemiah had said, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And they've already taken an oath that they're not going to uh-huh. take foreign wives. That, yeah. I mean, he's like, what is wrong with you people? No wonder he was beating people and ripping their hair out. <laughs> right. So (laughs) we have been down this road. Your ancestors were down this road. I paid my own hard-earned money to bring you back here, Mm -hmm. and now look at what you idiots are doing. And worked with you for twelve years and didn't take any pay, and worked beside you. Right. And And here we are again, back into the exact same. But not idolatry so far. Yeah, so far. So, and we can do the same thing. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And we're back at the same thing. And here we go thing. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's so, true. what is a real way that we can overcome sin? You know, what are some good ways? So, we can never overcome all of our sin. Yeah. Because that is only through the blood of Jesus right. that that can happen. So, just know that. <laughs> it's like none right. of us are perfect, and we are going to sin from sun up to sundown. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going for. It is the blood of Jesus that really helps that. But have you guys ever had a um, situation where you struggled, you struggled, you struggled, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't have to struggle anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does yeah. change. That does. Hopefully that's the end result for all of that. Um, because you struggle with different sins at different times in your lives, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you can, you, you, you can deal with it, deal with it, deal with it, and then finally get victory over it. Mm-hmm. I do believe that that's possible. Some it, practical ways to do that are to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. to um, maybe eliminate, remove yourself from the situation. From situation. Um, you know, if, if you feel convicted that you are um, living a wild life, you know, you're out mm-hmm. partying every night, you're dragging yourself in so that you can barely make it to work, you know, you're hungover all day long. Like, that's not that's not good. That's not healthy. And that's yeah. not what God wants for you. So maybe you need to remove yourself from that situation. Yeah. You know, it's time to sever some ties and move on so that God can work through you mm-hmm. um, to, to remove that. Or maybe you're convicted that you spend you know, too much time thinking about cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to the bakery. Yeah. Right. It's like finding out the root of your sin and being mm-hmm. coming aware of it. But it's, it, I'm kind of going back to the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I sometimes am so far in, I can't see it. I can't tell. So it's kind of putting it before him. I've never overcome something on my own never. without his help. No, it's his grace. Walking maybe, but now that's questionable. Like sometimes, like when I do face plants. 
but yeah, it, it, it's it like has there's little things. But when yeah. we're talking about sin, but sometimes God will let us. You know, sometimes you have to get to the end of yourself. Yes. And I think in particular with sin, you have to kind of get so disgusted with yourself sometimes that you turn to God and say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. A yeah. recognition that no matter how strong you are, how hard you're fighting, you might never conquer that in your own strength. You probably won't ever conquer that in your own strength. And then turning to Him. And speaking um, it out loud. Yeah. So that it is out there. And I know this is especially for people who... Um, maybe are a bit more conservative. <laughs> but I know that I've had times where I've said like, Satan, this is not yours anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. am not yours. This issue is not yours. God, it's yours. And Satan, you're done. You're done. Be gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I love that in the war room when she walked around her house and started claiming mm-hmm. her house yeah. through scripture. Yeah. I do think, you know, Satan can't read your mind. Right. God can, but Satan can't. So... I think it's great to put him on notice verbally mm-hmm. that you are not going to allow him to mess with you. I really do think that in the name of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, you do not have authority over me. I don't live in your kingdom. I live in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Right. And so stop. Back off. Yep. Leave me alone. Sometimes we get up in the morning and we say, <clears throat> excuse me, we say, not today, Satan. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> not today. And, you know? Yeah. Another one of the practical ways, I think, is to ask him to reveal things to you that you may not, you're in yes. so deep you, you don't see it, or you just don't recognize that you're doing a, a thing or not doing a thing, yeah. is to ask him to reveal in you the things that need to be fixed mm-hmm. that he can fix. And you have to do that with an open and honest heart because it's going to be hard when yeah, he shows you those you things. Will find, he will point things out. Yeah. And sometimes he'll use people to point those things out, and that can be hurtful. And we're back to the hitman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. We're not going to go there. That was not appropriate. (laughs) No. But sometimes it doesn't have to be bad. It could be God saying, um, you know, like, I'm overwhelmed, God. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, Okay, how about if you let me do it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about if you just let yourself get calm, be in my presence, and then yeah. we're going to move together? Yeah. Well, when Nehemiah finishes the whole thing up, yeah. the last thing he says that we have recorded in Nehemiah is, Remember me with favor, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to because mm-hmm. Nehemiah was awesome. We remember him with favor. Sometimes we think, holy cow, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, but we remember him with favor, and God remembers him with favor, and God remembers us, and God remembers us with favor. And um, we just need to camp on that, just that he, yeah. he remembers. Mm-hmm. Well, and God is not looking at us in our sin. Right. He's looking at us through his son Jesus and through the blood of Jesus. So as far as he's concerned, we're good. Because of the favor. Because of the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus and because of the grace of God. That's right. So awesome. Well, I'll pray us out. Okay. All um, right. Thank you for listening to us mm-hmm. and working with us through Nehemiah. This has mm-hmm. been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, God, thank you for the privilege of working alongside these women as we have waited through Nehemiah, as um, we've been hit by things that we had never thought of before, Lord, that um, that you revealed things to us, that we have been overwhelmed by things, Lord, that are just beautiful, and they come from you, God. And I thank you for the privilege 
of being able to read your word. I thank you for the freedom to be able to read your word and and live in it, Lord. And I thank you for the freedom of life and the grace that we have through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that um, that we would remember every day that you remember us with favor. Mm. That with um, the blood of Jesus that has washed over us, God, that he has been the sacrifice, that we don't have to live in the temple. We don't have to make those sacrifices because that has already been made for us. Jesus, thank you for coming here. Thank you for living your life in a perfect way so that we could see that when you went to die on the cross, that we are covered. Thank you for that, Jesus. And I just pray that um, for every man, every woman, and everyone who can understand God, that you would just move the hearts and the minds to desire you, to desire a relationship with you, to desire a Nehemiah-like dependence on you. And I thank you for the privilege, again, of being able to sit with these women and study through this book. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> <laughs>